1: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray.
0: This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport.
1: With in-depth interviews and special episodes. To keep
0: you entertained and inspired while you're training.
1: Perfect. And over to you.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Inside Tri Show, powered by 33fuel.com, powerful, tasty and natural sports nutrition. I'm Helen Murray and I said at the very outset of doing this podcast that I wanted to bring you interviews that would inspire you or maybe entertain you, as you heard there, while you're training. And this week's interview definitely falls into the inspirational side of things you might need a tissue at hand too
1: the day i was diagnosed i went for a run of course (laughs) um with with my dad and he gave me some advice which i really it meant a lot to me then it really chimed with me and i've tried to take it to heart as much as possible and that's that we can't control when we die but we can control how we live today and hopefully how we live tomorrow and so that's what i really try and aim to do on each and every day and i think so far i failed every day but at least i've tried to do that and i think that's that's the most important thing and for me my personal ethos is not simply to wait for opportunities to come along not simply wait for sort of carpe diem but to proactively go out and create the opportunities that you want, you personally, you unique person who is different from everyone else, that unique opportunity, which is going to make your life as enriching and fulfilling as possible, go and make it yourself.
0: That is the voice of Luke Grenfell-Shaw, who is cycling a tandem from Bristol to Beijing. I think alone that is pretty impressive, isn't it? But just throw into the equation the fact that Luke has got stage four cancer and you quickly realize that he is one of those extraordinary people in life who you feel lucky to have even spoken to or had anything to do with. And if you don't feel inspired or motivated to maybe make the tiniest of changes in your life after hearing that interview well, then obviously I'm not really doing a very good job. It's stirring stuff. But before you hear more from Luke, I want to say thank you very much to Jason Major, who's become a Vino buddy. Thank you very much, Jason. And Barbara Callahan, who signed up to be a coffee buddy. If you want to check out how you can get involved, then just head over to patreon.com forward slash inside trishow and Yeah, I hope by now, you know, I am really, really grateful for everyone's support and also for everyone who has shared the episodes and left reviews. Um, I did actually see a review. It made me laugh. So thank you very much to whoever left it. And it said, well done to Helen and the team. And I was thinking, there isn't actually a team behind the Inside Tri Show. It is literally just me. So (laughs) But still, I really appreciated the sentiments. Um, I also wanted to give a quick shout out to 33Fuel who make yummy and natural sports nutrition. Their um, Eroica protein bars are something else. And they're full of mixed nuts and fruits and spices and tip-top protein as well. So great for recovery, good for afternoon snacks. And you can get a discount by using the code INSIDETRY33 at checkout. So this week I need to tell you that, um, oh yeah, okay, swim training, I mentioned that I had kind of gone up a lane and here's a lesson I've learned from it so far, stick with it, right? It is the one of the most demoralizing situations because I really can't keep up and I had such a face on me on Sunday night, halfway through the set, because I was just annoyed with myself that I couldn't keep up. However, I did manage to do, um, I think it was 10, yeah, 10 by 100. And I swam them at least five seconds faster than I think I've ever swum before. And I did 10 of them. Yes, there was rest, but this is what I'm saying to you. Stick with it definitely definitely stick with it however hard it is oh my goodness the improvements will come and the improvements will continue to come so if you get really annoyed with swimming if you get annoyed with yourself in the swimming pool just keep at it and the changes and the improvements will come. Today I have just got back from Nordic walking actually and it was one of those really glorious days and the sun was shining and it was cold and you could see the peak district in the distance and there was a dusting of snow and I felt it was one of those days where I felt really lucky to be alive and to be walking with clients and yeah it was pretty magical and it made up for quite a lot of the rainy cold sessions that I've done over the last few months and it's such a change to a Manic Monday when I'm often in London and then on a Tuesday it's like a slightly more chilled out morning, um, with Nordic walking and it couldn't be more different. So that's pretty good stuff that I, I really enjoy doing. And then I am going I should say we <laughs> Rich and I are going to the Banff Mountain Film Festival this weekend. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. If you've never been to the Banff Mountain Film Festival UK tour. It's a bunch of inspiring films that they put on and like outdoorsy stuff and I always leave wanting to book the next plane out to some mountain somewhere. So who knows what will come from that. But um that should be nice um this weekend.
1: Time for this week's interview.
0: So as I said, this is Luke. Luke is oh he's an incredible, incredible human being he is cycling from Bristol to Beijing on a tandem and you're going to hear all about his ride and his, his story as well. And I think when you kind of get halfway through it and then you realise that there was even worse stuff happening at around a similar time to, to the early part of, of his treatment. And I just think, wow. So I think take a leaf out of Luke's book for sure. Um, And I should tell you as well, Luke is an incredibly talented triathlete and runner. And he said to me the other day, he said, actually, he would really love to race in the pro ranks. So maybe after his cycling trip that will be another of his goals um but yeah he can certainly move both on a on a bike and running as well incredibly talented duathlete and triathlete and it's remarkable to hear how he kept up with his training um throughout his treatment so yeah i i said earlier you you might need a tissue at certain parts during this interview but i seriously hope that if you're chugging away on the turbo or if you have just hopped onto the treadmill or maybe you're in your car hopefully you'll get through the session and you will have a little think about what are the little changes in your life that you might be able to make as well to make you that bit happier here it is so luke how is your ride going
1: Well, Helen, it's going uh, pretty well. We've just finished probably what's (laughs) been our toughest day so far. We started in Catterick and we cycled down to Leeds, and that's been just under 60 miles a day, 59.8, which isn't, you know, it's not a ridiculous mileage if you're on a road bike, but on a tandem, um, which if you've got two people on it plus our bags, you're lugging 200 kilos around the countryside. Um, It's a bit of a different matter, and, well up until now, the only way I've come into Leeds has been on a train and therefore I thought it was flat and easy. And um, the last two hours have dissuaded me of this. And I found out there's actually many hills um, between Harrogate and Leeds.
0: <laughs> it's called the Yorkshire Dales.
1: <laughs> I must have misread the map or something.
0: <laughs> oh, So Luke, tell us more about your ride, Bristol to Beijing.
1: Right, so Bristol to Beijing is, is, is a ride that's been uh, brought to life by an incredible uh team who have supported me and taken this from an idea into something that's uh a reality and happening right now. Um it's twenty-three thousand kilometers across twenty-four countries, um and surprisingly it's going from Bristol to Beijing, um, on a tandem. Now um The reason that I wanted it to be on a tandem is that from the traveling I've done in the past, I've really found that um, an experience shared is an experience made real. And for me, um, I wanted this to be the richest experience possible. And so doing it on a tandem seemed like the best way to do that. And there's a second part in that I enjoy getting out on a good ride, keeping pretty fit. And I wanted to be able to share this with friends and family who are not as fit as me and so the tandem seemed the perfect way to bridge that gap and then there's another part to it which is on the back of the tandem apart from my friends and family um are other people with a cancer diagnosis um and i call these people canlivers um which for a quick diversion is someone um living with cancer so liver living with cancer and that term encapsulates um both the challenges and uncertainties that someone with cancer will face on a daily basis. And that is, you know, is this niggle in my shoulder, um, you know, is this this cancer returning? Uh, Will I uh, get get the chance to have kids? Will I be there for a university reunion 10 years time? So there's that uncertainty and the challenges also of treatment that you face on a daily basis. Um, And then on the other side, there's a really positive message that you can live with cancer. Um, and for me, I think it's a much better term than cancer survivor because it's both realistic but also positive positive. and this ride is all about showing people what is possible with a cancer diagnosis.
0: Tell us about your cancer diagnosis.
1: Right, so um, I was diagnosed with cancer uh, on the 19th of June 2018 uh, the, the previous few months, I'd been teaching English out in Siberia in a city called Jimen. Um And actually, uh, just over a month before I was diagnosed, I did an ultramarathon in the Ural Mountains, um, which was the first ultramarathon I did. And it being Ural Mountains was quite hilly. Um, and it ended up going quite well um, and got pipped to the line by some guy who ran a 6.3 half marathon back in the day. So that, that was okay. Um, but the, the next day I, it, my hip flexors were absolutely in shreds. Um, and I couldn't walk downstairs. And when I was teaching the next day, it was, it was a disaster because every time I tried to sit in a chair, I just sort of flopped into it and then I couldn't get out again. Um, but so I was, I was in the peak of my health, you know, I was 24 years old in peak health, peak fitness. as so I thought, um, but I had this problem with my shoulder. Uh, it was just aching a lot. And it had been aching for months. And like any good athlete, I ignored it. <laughs> Everyone knows. What do you do with a niggle?
0: Yep, <laughs> you you it. on training. Yep.
1: <laughs> um, but eventually uh, it became so troublesome that I went to see the school nurse. And um, it was really her reaction that just told me something was really wrong. she was like, bonjour moi which is like, oh, my God. Um, And within 48 hours, I was back in the UK in Southmead Hospital in Bristol with a needle, biopsy needle sticking into my back. Um, And then a few weeks after that, the doctors told me I had cancer. And not, you know, by that point, I kind of thought that it probably would have been cancer because, like, you know, it's this thing that's big and growing and, like, what else could it be? What um, really blew me away was that it was stage four cancer. And so the, the primary tumor had spread to my lungs. And for me, every certainty, every aspect of this conventional, comfortable life that I'd lived just crumbled. And that was an incredibly difficult day. It's difficult to describe, I suppose. It's it's sort of like the the bottom of your stomach sort of just uh, flopped out, and um, you know, I guess perhaps you know, imagine on a roller coaster when you, you know, your your stomach you know, drops to the bottom of your body, but it's like that and further, and this sort of feeling of I suppose dread and shock. It, it's amazing how words can have such a physiological reaction. And sort of a, you know, a sort of feeling of, I don't know, hotness or something, like zinging, you know, if you, I don't know, had a, like a, received a blow to the head. You know, that kind of like disorientation, mm. I suppose.
0: When you were on the plane flying back to the UK, did you have any idea then?
1: Um, Yes, I think I did. You know, uh, I, I studied in my undergraduate, you know, there, there are going to be a limited number of things. By that, it, so there are some photos. You know, it took me a long time before I took photos of my back, um, but looking back at them, it looks horribly misshapen, and it really took. You know, it's it's like the you, know, um, you know, just the, the the blind is lifted from your eyes, and you, you just, just see it from a different perspective, and you're like, that's bad. But until that point, you just think, oh, well, it's a winged scapula, perhaps. Um, it's just, I can explain it away. But it, uh, yeah, it was this nurse's reaction that made me reappraise the, the seriousness of what it was. And so I, probably a relatively limited number of things at that point, it could have been.
0: Mm. And and that's like no, nothing can nothing can ever prepare you for for hearing those words of, you know, you've got cancer especially in your early 20s as as someone who is so fit and healthy
1: yeah yeah um i think that was the particular shock being being 24 being you know, had, having always prioritized my health my diet you know being in good physical shape um why would you expect that to happen
0: and and at this point were you soon to be going to Oxford to go and do your master's?
1: Um, Yes. So I'd I'd, I'd applied um, and and got accepted. And that that was the plan come late September, early October. Uh, But but really this put all of that um, into a great deal of uncertainty. I remember for large parts of the summer thinking that Oxford might not happen probably like probably wouldn't happen you know i i would be you know starting oxford or where i'd start oxford it would be whilst i was still having chemotherapy that didn't seem to be a plausible option in, in those early days um and the doctors just had no idea how i was going to respond to the chemo so there's something i kind of found out in hindsight they were like mm, we'll give it a go <laughs> there's nothing to lose um, and very luckily it's worked better than they thought, but that doesn't bring any guarantees, even so.
0: What has your treatment schedule been like from that time in June?
1: So I had um, six rounds of chemotherapy, um, and that involved being in hospital for three, four days at a time, so sleeping in overnight. I uh, had two different chemo drugs, Um and it was pretty grim um you feel a bit pretty washed out quite sick uh but for me i immediately knew that i wanted to do everything that i could to give myself the best possible chance of getting through chemo in as good a state as possible um putting myself in the best position not only to complete the course but um you're never gonna thrive (laughs) during chemo but I wanted to do everything that I could to live as much as I could, even whilst this was happening. And in some ways I was lucky because I would go into hospital um, every third week and I would have about two weeks between those times of feeling pretty normal. And so I did a lot of training. I managed to, was very lucky to do some traveling during that time as well. So I did try and make the most of that.
0: And what kind of stuff were you doing in terms of training? I mean, were there days like we all have days when we don't want to get up and maybe go for, say, an early swim or get on the turbo early, whatever mm-hmm. it is. We all have those days. Yeah. Surely when you've got a load of drugs going around your body as well, which make you feel really, really crap. How how did you make yourself do that, Luke?
1: Um, I suppose the alternative was worse. <laughs> Um, you know, like so make no mistake, um, when, when I was in hospital, I, I'd have four hours a day when I didn't have a drip in my arm. Um, but in those four hours, I made sure I went for a walk, like going for a run would not have been possible. Um, certainly not sustainable. Um, but I made sure I you know, went for a walk and I got some fresh air, uh, and I was a bit more active. Um, and that was pretty much all I could do. Um, but I think even doing that really, you know, it helps your, your, your mental state. It, um, you know, gets you out of, you know, what is in quite a lot of ways an oppressive and oppressive environment. Um, and the other thing I did was I, um, every time I went into hospital, I cycled my bike in, um, my parents kindly brought my turbo and most days, they're not all days that I was in hospital. I would try and at least do sort of 15, 20 maybe a little bit more minutes on the turbo. And this was not hard, this was not a session. I was not working a sweat, but I was doing more than I would do otherwise. And to me, that's the, it's not necessarily about um, exercise that you're doing, but it's the attitude that you're bringing to that situation.
0: Did you get a few looks of oh, how on earth can you be doing that? Or more of a, oh, why on earth are you doing that? You shouldn't be doing that from the medical team around you.
1: Um, so I think the reaction was one of amusement. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: this guy, he's wanting to be on a turbo.
1: <laughs> I, I don't think they'd had any patients doing that before. Um, and my, my consultant did have to sort of look you know look up to see if it was, going to be damaging uh, you know or perhaps that you know um sort of uh, limit my ability to deal with the chemo but actually the the research you found and there's more and more research coming out that exercising uh, throughout chemotherapy increases in a lot of cases has been uh, shown to increase the efficacy of the chemo increase the patient's ability to 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 weather and withstand the chemo um so it's actually you know a really to me it's a, it's a really important thing to be doing and i'm hoping that in future years you know nhs guidelines will change and actually you know, exercise and diet are increasingly being seen as important ways of tackling and living with as healthily as possible cancer and hopefully things will can continue to go in this direction uh, and i think the more people who do it and appears to make a difference for that the more momentum will build build behind that
0: i just think it's it's i think it's really incredible and and i can imagine luke that you you must have inspired a few of the healthcare professionals around you who would see you on the ward to actually be fitter as well
1: i hope so i'm still working on my consultants <laughs> uh <laughs> I, d- I don't think he's quite started cycling into work yet, but um, I do suggest it every time I see him. <laughs> um, but I, I think in seriousness, you know that there is something that if um, if someone undergoing chemotherapy can 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 cycle uh, or you know do do some activity, then um, it's really worth other people thinking. You know, is this going to be helpful for me? Is this going to improve my own life? But ultimately, it's it's every individual's choice to make this worked for me, and I think it probably would work for a lot of people, but everyone's got to decide that.
0: Totally, totally, totally. And did you win a duathlon during your treatment as well?
1: It wasn't during chemotherapy. It was the day after I finished my radiotherapy. Um, and so, I, you know, it, you know, it's, it's an attitude thing. I, I had five weeks of radiotherapy um, when I was in Oxford, um, and it, you know, it was a bit of a faff but I decided to make the most of the opportunity, which was a seven and a half K run into radiotherapy each morning and then seven and a half K back. So, you know, that, that was my morning run sorted each morning. Um, and, and I think there's a wider point here about um, when you're in the system and you're termed as a patient, in some ways that saps your identity, your, your autonomy, uh, your, your ability to be a person and I think for me doing exercise was one way of saying actually uh, I'm not just your patient who's being treated for this this condition I, I'm also my own person taking control of my life you don't run everything so I think it's a very um, important way of you know, trying to accept the situation but approach it from your, fr- from your own angle um, but the day after I finished radiotherapy with my <laughs> my back was covered in pustules because the skin had broken down a bit. It was very gross. Um, I, I did a duathlon. Uh, it was the sort of Oxford-Cambridge duathlon. Uh, and yeah, I, I won that, which was which was cool. Yeah. That's
0: remarkable. That is utterly remarkable. Um, and you did a, a half Ironman as well in Egypt, didn't you? You had been diagnosed, hadn't you? And was this right. during treatment too?
1: I suppose that there are a trio of races that uh, mean a lot to me because they, they all happened essentially during this treatment phase. Um, the, the final one was this duathlon. The, the first one was the Bristol half marathon. Um, and I did that when I was two thirds of the way through my chemo. Um, and at that point I could feel that my red blood cells were fewer because I'd go for runs. It was a very peculiar feeling, you know, feeling like you're um, al- almost sort of drowning um, because you just can't breathe enough, even if the pace wasn't too high. But anyway, I, uh, I I did the Bristol half marathon, two thirds the way through chemo, and um, it's probably my proudest sporting achievement. I ran it in 80 minutes, um, and um, yeah, yeah uh, it, it's something I'm incredibly um, proud to have done. I suppose very was not expecting that.
0: That's honestly, Luke, that is remarkable, and pre-cancer when you were at mm-hmm. your in your best running shape. What mm. would your half marathon PB have been? Um
1: well I didn't actually um I haven't actually I didn't really race half marathons um before then. Um I mean my, my best ten K time was thirty one forty two, I think. That was Trafford ten K. Since then, last autumn I ran a seventy minute half marathon. Um, but I think there's more in the tank, but, um, you know, but until you've run a faster time, that's, that's my PB. So, um,
0: that's, and you, and, and you did do again, pre-diagnosis. Um, I mean, you were big into your triathlon as well, weren't you?
1: Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm sort of one of those reluctant triathletes cause I much prefer <laughs> the cycling and the running and, Uh, triathlon is a much bigger sport than duathlon so I thought I'd better get in the pool Um, and of course there's only ever been limited success Uh, you know I did a lot of the university races Uh, I was at my undergrad at Durham um, and I think my best um, highest level achievement there was coming second in the Bucks duathlon to Richard Horton Um, I think the previous year was the you know, under 23, duathlon world champion or something. Um, and credit to him. He, I had a good lead on coming out of the bike and he just absolutely hunted me down on the run and came through me. So that that was a very classy performance from him. Um, so still work to do.
0: <laughs> and you are going to come back from your mega, mega bike ride, Luke, and you're going to just be an absolute beast, even more of a beast on the bike than... Than you have been previously, I guess.
1: I expect I'll be just very good at grinding, but <laughs> have no sort of. I'm not sure the red zone will exist for me. I'll just be very good in zone two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'll have to up the distance. And so, at the moment, Luke, how how are you?
1: Right now, I feel pretty good. I feel, um you know, I i feel very well. um I think that the difficulty with all this. Yes, I'm in great shape. Um, yes, I'm having this fantastic cycle adventure, And I guess, you know, if you want to call it, I'm in remission. Um, I don't particularly find that's a useful term because it doesn't mean very much. Um, it, it, all it means is I, nothing's happened yet. Um, and certainly with the type of cancer that I have, um, there aren't any guarantees, you know, um, I think I've done a lot better than the doctors expected already, but that doesn't mean it's going to continue that way. So, um, it's sort of fingers crossed and wait and see. But right now, I'm doing really well.
0: How do you stay positive throughout it all, Luke?
1: Um, so for me, the the day I was diagnosed, I I went for a run, of course, <laughs> um, with with my dad, um, and I'm I'm I was I'm from Bristol, um, and we went up to the Downs for anyone who, who know the Downs and across the suspension bridge. Um, I remember chatting with him there and he gave me some advice, which I really, it meant a lot to me then. It really chimed with me and I tried to take it to heart as much as possible. Um, And that's that we, we can't control when we die. But we can control how we live today and hopefully how we live tomorrow. And so that's what I really try and aim to do on each and every day. And I think so far I failed every day, but at least I've tried to do that. And I think that's that's the most important thing. And for me, my personal ethos is not simply to wait for opportunities to come along, not simply wait for a sort of carpe diem, but to proactively go out and create the opportunities that you want, you personally, you unique person who um it's different from everyone else that unique opportunity which is going to make your life as enriching and fulfilling as possible go and make it yourself take take the risk and, and do it and that might be a really small thing in one sense you know putting your phone on airplane mode and just having a bit of time away from social media or that much might be a much larger thing um probably over a longer period of time and thinking, well, you know, what job do I want? What career? Um, larger questions like that. And it sounds like you've been perhaps on a similar journey yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A, a little bit. I think it makes you, um, definitely makes you ref- reflect, doesn't it? On, um, what matters to you and what is important to you and, and making those changes because we are only on planet earth once.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And and really, it's just about, it's, it's one of those funny things, really, because all I've tried to do for myself, and um, maybe other people would want to do the same, is kind of live your best life. And like, why wouldn't you want to do that? It's sort of funny when you put it in those terms, like, why wouldn't you want to have the best, most enriching, fulfilling life that you could have?
0: Why wait until tomorrow?
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, the pressures of Society, the expectations of, you know, a certain job or salary or position, and the fear of um, stepping away from either those comforts or you know, other uncertainties can be can be a big um, influencer there as well.
0: And Luke, I, I'm I'm asking this because I, when I was reading um, before doing the interview. And I saw that you're doing a a talk in, in Cambridge, which it might have happened by the time this goes out. But it was, and it said about brother of the late John Grenfell Shaw. And then I was like, whoa, what the heck? Mm. And then I read and I was like, oh my God, this guy has been through the mill. So can you even d- describe what happened... Like, 2018 just must have been the, the crappest of crappest years.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. So let's go back a stage. You know, when when John and I were growing up, he, he's 18 months uh, older than me, and we were constantly fighting over pretty much everything. You know, he would build the big tower of blocks. He was the clever one, so he would build the tower of blocks. And then as soon as the final brick was popped on, I would knock it down. And later, you know, this sort of... um competitive rivalry or destruction depending on your point of view you know continued through sort of you know sailing across country you know when it came to maths John just far outstripped me and you know throughout much of our teens, we were you know very much at each other's throats and so I was quite glad when he went to university it was great at the house perfect (laughs) And then um, I, I sort of found actually when he was out of the house, I began to like him a bit more. And over the next sort of few years, for I guess like five, six, seven years, we became really good friends. And a lot of that was actually forged on the bike. Um, I, I got into cycling first through triathlon. And so it was really nice when John started to do a bit of cycling because I was still faster than him. That was obviously, you know, prerequisite. The worrying thing was that as time went on, it got harder and harder to beat John going up hills. And there was a a climb we did on Christmas day. I think it was 2016 when our wheels were inching back and forth of who, who had the lead and he crested the hill first. And I was like, well, Oh, I'll, I'll just get rid of my bike at this point. Um, no, but actually at that, at that point, it was our relationship had matured and, and developed so much that I was really pleased to actually to, to see how, how amazing it become. And yeah, I think one of his top achievements was say coming ninth in Bucks, the university championship in the 25 TT. So he became a very, very good cyclist. And anyway, after I'd been diagnosed in in 2018, he was in the Lake District with some friends, and they they do a sort of hare and hounds thing that each day, a few of them are the hares, and they provide sport for everyone chasing. Um, And my final day of my first cycle of chemo, um, about 4 a.m., the phone rang, and we found out that perhaps my brother slipped or rock shifted beneath his foot but he fell to his death what can you say there's nothing
0: bloody hell bloody bloody hell and is part of the ride Luke that you're now doing is part of that like on the bike did it did you really want to do something on the bike for for your brother too
1: i didn't know it um at the time but before before john died um he'd been talking with his girlfriend about how he was you know going to finish his phd and then um you spend spend you know try and join me for much or all of the ride i haven't found that out much later um i don't I'm not actually doing the ride you know um to remember John or for John, but I know John is with me doing the ride, and for me it i suppose it is a member of a way of remembering John
0: it's incredible yeah. it's honestly, and you're raising so much money for so many good charities as well by doing it, aren't you
1: so um when it comes to the right, that the most important thing, apart from having fun, is to change <laughs> the way people live. Um, and of course, I have absolutely no control over that. But you know, so this is something that's worked for me. And then also having other young people, other young can lovers on the back. To me, that sends uh, that's the clearest way I can think of sending a message that you know, if time is short. Live your life to the full. These people are doing it, and you can do it too. And it's also worth saying that living your life to the full does not mean necessarily, it almost certainly doesn't mean go and cycle on tandem Bristol to Beijing. It, it's unique for me. This is what I want to be doing, but it can be, you know, very very different. Spending more time with your friends and family, whatever it might be, it's for each individual to sort of work out, and that, that's tough in itself. So hopefully, it has a positive impact on, on different people's lives. But the other thing that I'm really excited about is raising money for four charities which do really great work already for people with cancer. And we're supporting four charities, Click Sergeant, Teenage Cancer Trust, 5K Your Way slash Move Against Cancer and um, Trek Stock. And the, the first two charities really helped me during my treatment. And the latter two charities see and use exercise as a way to help People who are undergoing treatment or post-treatment um, to deal with it as well as possible and to kickstart their lives. And for me, exercise is just amazing. Like it has such a powerful impact on you know, both your physical well-being, mental well-being, emotional well-being. Um, you know, on one side, you, the resilience that you get from doing exercise helps you with chemotherapy, radiotherapy much better, helps mitigate uh, fatigue, but. It's it's so important not to underestimate. And, you know, if I'm talking to a crowd of triathletes and I'm preaching to the converted, you all know the power of endorphins and like probably get really grumpy without them. It's an incredible mental boost. And so for me, it was really important to support uh, charities that cancer charities that see exercise as a really powerful way of of helping hand livers. And our initial fundraising target was uh, £23,000. And we smashed that 15 days in, which is amazing. Um, And we're super excited just to see where this can go. Um, And the reason I use we is because it's a whole team, the B2B team, who are just amazing. They are fantastic and they've brought this to life. They have made this happen just as much or if not more than me.
0: And if anyone wants to sponsor you, Luke, where should they head to? I'm going to put loads of links in the show notes, so that's fine. But if you want to, where should people find out more and go and donate for what the incredible message is that you are getting out there?
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, depending on, on your medium, we have a website, uh, which is bristol dot beijingorg numerical two. You'll find it in the links below, I'm sure. <laughs> um and then if, you, if you're more on social media then we have Instagram uh, Twitter Facebook and there just search for Bristol to Beijing and then you can find um, you know uh, well links to donate but also uh, videos uh, photos um, I'm doing some really embarrassing like 60 second updates from a day-to-day thing which is a uh, the rule is it's maximum 60 seconds and it's only ever one take uh, because I don't like <laughs> social media to take over (laughs) my life so I was like that's what I'm doing if it's rubbish too bad you don't have to watch
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will definitely be putting links to all of this stuff and uh, Luke what about if anybody um if anyone knows of someone or is is listening to this and thinks I want to come and write a bit with you Mm -hmm. is that an option
1: yes I would love to hear particularly from can livers but I'd love to hear from everyone, anyone who is kind of crazy enough to sort of even send out a message. Would love to hear. Um, so you know, the, t- the tandem has two seats. Um, for a lot of the journey, I might well be lonely. So uh, please do send me a message, um, and I would love to hear from you, know, anyone who, who is interested, and you know, particularly can Um It would be fantastic to share this, and I think it would be, it's really powerful that. I know already. We've um, we've had four can livers join already, uh, and they've been brilliant and utterly inspirational. And I feel so privileged to have them on the back of the tandem because I'm with these amazing people. Uh, one of them, you know, was taking their, her chemo meds whilst we were cycling. I mean, just unbelievable. So people with immense fortitude in their own personal stories and showing that, you know, actually there's, there's a, there are a lot of people who can do these things and that to me is a great reason, you know, let's do more of this.
0: Luke, we need we need more Lukes in the world, I'm telling you.
1: I don't know. We need more Johns in the world, that's what I have to say.
0: We need more Lukes and Johns. Yeah, seriously. I've really enjoyed talking to you. It's been amazing and I'm feeling positive just from having spoken to you and no doubt this is an episode that... I think people should listen to on repeat, I tell you.
1: It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you as well, Helen. Um, thank you for listening. And I feel if there's a soundtrack to, to go with this, those some of you might have come across the hit musical Hamilton. I am a sucker for it. Um, there is a great song, which is Not Throwing Away My Shot. Um, you should totally check it out if you haven't listened to it because I feel it encapsulates quite a lot of this as well.
0: Great. I'm going to stick another link to that then in the show notes as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Happy peddling.
1: Thank you so much, Helen. Thanks for listening to The Inside Tri Show. If you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything, then reach out to Helen on Instagram or Twitter at Inside Tri Show.
0: I did actually just have to Google that song that Luke mentioned and I listened through the lyrics and I can see why he said that it is the soundtrack. So I've put a link to the song in the show notes, all of the links to where you can sponsor Luke or maybe even get involved. Join him on his ride. They're all there at helenmurray.net forward slash inside trishow forward slash Luke G S or you can find them at insidetrishow.com. So either way, go and check it out. Get behind Luke, get behind what he's doing if you want to become a Patreon of the show and support me, then head to patreon.com forward slash inside try show. As ever, this week's show has been powered by 33 Fuel, powerful, tasty and natural sports nutrition. Check out their vegan bundles and use the code InsideTri33 to get a discount at checkout and support me too. Coming up. My first Ironman. You have no idea what to expect. You don't even know if your body's going to respond to it or be able to respond in the way that it's required to. So it was just a case of go out there and see if you can do it. And then kind of racing in Kona was the cherry on top and being able to experience that with maybe a bit less pressure on my shoulders because I'd had a decent result before and Nice was uh, very much appreciated. Yep, we'll be hearing from Imogen Simmons, who was third at the 70.3 World Championships. So look out for that. And don't forget, you can get 20% off with the code INSIDETRY with our friends over at comfuel.co.uk. But until next week, keep it fun. Thanks for listening. And we'll speak then.